It's 11 minutes before the hour, and you are listening to Raven Radio KCAW. Sitka, today is Monday, May 16th, 2022. I'm Catherine Rose with Raven News. Skagway voters will decide this summer whether to sell their local medical clinic and property to search. But confusion remains about the process. KHNS's Mike Swayze reports. During their May 5th meeting, Skagway's Borough Assembly voted 5-1 to one to bring a public referendum on whether or not to sell its municipally-run clinic to search. The nonprofit Regional Healthcare Consortium operates about 20 clinics in towns and villages throughout southeast Alaska. The idea of selling the clinic was first introduced almost a year ago by the borough manager, whose office helps manage the Dahl Memorial Clinic, along with a nine-person volunteer board of directors and clinic staff. Assemblymember Reba Hilton, a proponent of a deal with Search, told KHNS that she voted for the special ballot because the decision to bring an outside health care facility to Skagway is too important for the Assembly to make without community input. This is something that the residents of Skagway need to weigh in on and every voice should be heard. Assemblymember Jay Burnham cast the only no vote. He told KHNS that his vote wasn't intended to deny the public a referendum. Instead, it was a protest about how long the process has taken. He says the delay has caused problems for day-to-day operations like hiring new staff. It doesn't give prospective employees a good feeling when, when you say, well, you might not be working for us in three months. Burnham says the vote should have happened at the beginning of the process. Meanwhile, some community members expressed frustration that the wording of the ordinance brought to the Assembly was confusing. Skagway Mayor Andrew Cremata says that's because the author of the ordinance needed to follow municipal regulations. The language is a little bit difficult to interpret because we're trying to satisfy the requirements of code. So code requires that the manager negotiate. So that has to be in the resolution. Code also requires that selling property requires that there be Uh, market valuation for the building and for the land. The market valuation of the land and building will be completed by an appraiser prior to the public vote. That dollar amount will be available to the community through public postings, but will not be written on the ballot itself. The vote will direct the borough manager on whether or not to begin final negotiations with search. Cremata says there is more value to the deal than just the land and the building. There's also equipment and other various assets that may need to be included in the price. So what the voters are going to vote on is that appraisal price. And what the resolution states is that that will be the minimum amount. So then the manager will be able to go into negotiations with search for the additional equipment and assets. If the ballot measure is approved by Skagway voters, the manager will negotiate the final sale price, then bring that deal back in front of the assembly for final approval. If the assembly is not satisfied with that, or there's you know a large public outcry or whatever, then they can deal with that issue when that comes before them. If the ballot measure fails, no further negotiations will be held with search. According to Skagway officials, the Dahl Memorial Clinic's operating budget is expected to be nearly $4 million in 2022. The funding breaks down to about $2 million worth of federal grants, nearly $1 million from revenue generated by the clinic, and close to another million dollars in funding from municipal coffers. Mayor Cremata expects the appraisal to be done this month and the special election to be held in July. 
Reporting from Skagway, I'm Mike Swayze. If Skagway opts to sell to Search, it will join both Sitka and Wrangell in transferring healthcare service to the regional nonprofit. The Haynes Health Center is also run by Search, and the community of Petersburg is still weighing a potential sale of its, its local medical facility. The Petersburg School Board approved raises for about 35 support personnel. This came after negotiations between the district and the union representing the workers. KFSK's Angela Denning reports. Support personnel includes classroom aides, food service workers, custodians, technicians, and administrative assistants. The new contract covers the next three school years through 2025. School Board President Sarah Holmgren says the negotiations went quickly, with the main change being to salaries. Raises were established for the next three years, $2 an hour more for this coming year, a 2% raise the second year, and a 1% raise the third year. We're recognizing that um, they were probably a little too low, and also the job market has changed, and I'm just trying to keep pace with inflation, which is almost impossible to do. The new schedule raises the starting hourly pay for paraprofessionals or aides from $16.52 to $18.52. Custodians go from about $17 an hour to $19. Starting wages for food service workers raise from $15.74 an hour to $17.74. And administrative assistants bump up to $19.24 an hour for starting. Holmgren says the district knew they needed to make the salary adjustments to stay competitive, but they had to balance that with maintaining their budget. You know, you look at the old salary schedule, you could certainly have a strong argument for some of those um, classifications being too low for the, for the quality and quantity of work that they were doing. Superintendent Erica Klutpainter agrees. She says the district entered negotiations knowing they wanted to raise salaries for several reasons the job market and just sort of the competition for staff and good quality staff and and then also just wanting to really recognize um, the quality work that our staff that we currently have, you know, in our district. Um, we want to recognize and acknowledge, you know, their efforts throughout, not just even during COVID, but just in general. According to the new agreement, support personnel involuntarily transferred within the district won't get a wage reduction. The new contract includes additional paid days over winter break for employees working 10 months or less. It also broadened some use of leave categories. And there is also new language in the agreement that all employees will be notified no later than June 15th of their anticipated start date in the fall. In Petersburg, I'm Angela Denning. Avian flu is catching headlines across the country, but in far southwest Alaska, hunters are just trying to catch a few birds. A shortage of shotgun shells nationwide, however, is complicating the effort to harvest this important spring food. Emily Schwing reports from Bethel. The arrival of geese, ducks, and swans on the YK Delta is a sure sign of spring. It's also a great relief for people who've been eating out of their freezers all winter. Those birds are the source of the first fresh meat in months. I, I do soup, I pot roast, I bake. It depends on how I want to prepare it. Ronnie Turner lives in Holy Cross. He's using shells left over from last year, but he hasn't been able to buy any at the local store in months. People that travel to different villages will get, uh, get shells if there's any in stock. 
the only place I know that in our area right here was uh, grayling. They were limited to hunters for uh, one box per hunter. It's not only hard to get shells in the village. Outfitters in Anchorage are also having a tough time stocking them. To build gun counter. Oh, hey there. I was wondering if you guys have shotgun shells in stock. Let me go take a look. I'll be right back. Okay. Yeah, we do have some game loads and some trap shot in and a few uh, limited stock and steel shot. The management at Cabela's in Anchorage says it's hard to keep shells for long, maybe about three days or a week at most. A case of shells can cost between $200 and $300, which doesn't include up to $100 more in shipping. Cabela's isn't filling bush orders. In Guithlok, Caleb Utruk is going to the local store where he buys two boxes every day. Right now I'm stockpiling on boxes of shells because right after these cases, um, we have other birds that come in like black ducks. You usually call them uh, white-winged scooters. In Bethel, Sam Berlin has already been out hunting this spring, but he's holding on to his last four boxes of shells until later in the year when the birds are fatter. But he may not even have to use them. Instead, he might go out with a net for young birds that can't yet fly. It's totally different from shooting and all that. And and there's unique ways how to approach these type of ducks when you're going to corner them and then set out your net. Uh, There's certain ways to do it, and it isn't easy. Using a net is legal, but the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service does have special regulations during the subsistence harvest season. Berlin hunts for a large extended family, and the traditional method using nets he learned from his father might carry extra value this year as the ammunition shortage persists. So I'm not really, really worried about it because um, that type of subsistence harvest is still available if one knows how to do it. The U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service is concerned about the use of toxic lead shot, which has been illegal for migratory bird hunting in the U.S. since 1991. Fish and Wildlife has been trading out lead shells for steel ever since. Hunters can trade their lead shot for steel at no cost at the Yukon Delta National Wildlife Refuge. The shortage of shotgun shells isn't unique to Alaska. Ammunition has been hard to come by since the coronavirus pandemic began in 2020. In Bethel, I'm Emily Schwing. I'm Catherine Rose, and this has been Raven News.